The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Marinci. Rage all you want. Level three, this is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. Sirius XM Channel 204. Great stuff on the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart and even Cameron Babano with us just for a couple of more moments. And then Mike Tanier will step up and we'll continue the NFL uh, talk. So, Babano, what's your deal on the Packers? Are you as bullish on this team? Do you like them? Um, they don't have to win 13 games to go over the number at 10, 10 and a half. I think they're in the mix, but I got to tell you, Babano, more and more and more right now, and I've been thinking about it, and the season's around the corner. I'm buying into San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to win the NFC. Plus 650. That division is going to be just a – they're going to beat up on each other in that NFC West because I like the 49ers too, but I also really, really like what the Rams are doing and a breath of fresh air for Stafford. And I also really, really like Arizona, which I already have talked about with you. Yeah. I mean, that division yeah. is going to be just an absolute – a beast uh, to try to go through, but I wouldn't argue with anyone like in San Francisco. Remember how decimated that team was with injuries last year. Uh, they just lost everybody on the defensive side of the football. So any team's going to have just a down season when that happens and Garoppolo gets injured and everything just fell apart for them. Everything that could go wrong did. So you would think if they stay healthy, they're going to revert back to the Niners team we saw two years ago. As far as Green Bay's concerned, Marenzi, I wouldn't I'm hesitant to go over 10.5. I don't know if I'd want to go under, but there's issues with their offensive line. Corey Lindsley is a great center, okay? And they lost him uh, in the offseason. It was a great pickup by the Chargers, by the way, to get him. They lost a couple of other really good starters on the O-line, including Lane Taylor. We don't know if David Bakhtiari can ever stay healthy for a full season. We're always wondering if that Pro Bowl left tackle can stay on the field. There's offensive line worries for the Packers here, really big ones. You know, Rodgers can mask that because he's that good, but they didn't get the number one receiver, the the bona fide one at B receiver, I guess you could say, to help out Adams. You know, they're going to rely on Lazard and Valdez, Scantling and Adams, those three again. They didn't really upgrade at the receiver spot. The defense, you know, when you look at it, it's still some question marks. Got picked apart by the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. You know, the pass rush has got to be better from Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, guys like that. You know, the secondary, 
uh, other than, you know, their best cornerback there, uh, McKenzie. You know, uh, who else is going to step up for them? Uh, or Jair Alexander, I should say. Who else is going to step up in that secondary? So, look, Rogers good enough to get them a lot of wins. I'm just not totally comfortable, Gabe, with the 10.5. I think they're 10 and 11. Uh, I don't know if they're going to hit 12 or 13 necessarily. And look who they play. NFC West, tough division. AFC North, Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, tough division. Not a given yeah. to me they hit 11. Yeah. Well, listen, I think 10 is better than 10 and a half. I can't argue with you because I don't think they'll be worse than 10 and 7. Uh, but I still think they're an 11, 12 win team. All right, hold on. We've got a couple more minutes on the other side here. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. We already know that. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, our glorious affiliates, kicking with us in the Late Night Hours classic show tonight with the Raging Red Egg Cam Stewart. We're not done. Mike Tanier is going to join us in a couple of minutes. FB Outsiders. And, of course, the New York Times. Mike Tanier, great football columnist and uh, fun guy. So we got Ian Cameron, also a fun guy with us, just for a couple of more minutes. So we got about two minutes, I think, Babano. So. I guess it's fitting that we land on the Houston Texans going in alphabetical order uh, over under four for the Texans. And there's unknowns with Deshaun Watson, right? I don't know. Like, I mean, this thing just keeps going. Nobody really knows anything. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be for Deshaun. But at the same point in time, Goodell is unpredictable with this stuff. And he can suspend someone just for pissing them off, right? And embarrassing the league type thing. And say, listen, even, you know, you're out for four games. You're out. I wouldn't shock me if you got the Ben Roethlisberger stuff, sort of. Six games, and then it's really four. But he doesn't even want to be in Houston anyway, so it's kind of confusing, the Texans. But over under four wins, but Ben, what's your quick take on the Texans? Well, it's only under. I mean, they they, could, they are going to be, I think, one of the worst teams with all the, uh, of course, they got the cloud that is uh, Deshaun Watson hanging over. Who knows? It's just a question of when he gets traded now, not if, you would think. He's not going to play another snap or another down uh, for this team. Uh, there's just It's just not a roster that's uh, very good on either side of the football. It's a total rebuild. And look, they chinced out in terms of who they brought in as the head coach. I don't hate David Culley. I, you know, I don't wish him ill will or anything, but they didn't go out and get a big-time coaching hire, in my opinion. He's going to have to prove himself here uh, yeah, with this Beto, Texans team. But Beto, they, they, you, who, who, they're not going to get a big-time coaching hire now. They don't have any players. Like, they, Cully yeah. is there to manage this thing for a couple of years. He's old. He's like 65, right? You know why they hired right. Cully? And no one knows anything, but you know what I mean? Like, but you know why they hired him? Because the Texans, there's an impression with players that the Texans are racist. Like, they... Texan players, you know, African-American players are uncomfortable with the Texans and some things that have been said and to them. Right. And Cully, Cully was like the first black quarterback in the South of battle in college in like the 60s type thing. So he yep. understands. He's like he's been through. We're out of time already. We'll continue with the battle later in the week, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Mike Tanier joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Sports Rage Fight Night continues, Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Gabe Marinci. We're kicking it on Sirius XM Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Networks. We're talking football. Let's bring in one of the best in the business. Mike Tanier steps up and in and joins us. FB Outsiders contributes at the uh, New York Times. Mike, happy football season. It's always a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for uh, taking the time to be with us. My pleasure, too. Happy football season. We have a full slate of preseason action coming up this weekend. Oh, you're damn right. Let's do this thing. So, Mike, I don't know, man. This is almost like it's like a bizarro world that we're in here. And I cannot believe, and I'm reading your Twitter, and I cannot believe that. Be more like uh, the NFL, America. Um, like, who the hell would ever think, like, if someone would tell you, listen, the NFL are going to be the leaders in safety and guidelines. And they, they, they are going to be like the medical health beacons, and they're not yeah. going to screw around. I mean, like, what are you talking What, these guys? What are you, what are you crazy? It's amazing. Right. You said it. So, uh, most recent vaccination info, 91.7% of the players are vaccinated. 15 teams have more than 90, 95% of the players vaccinated. And like Mike mm-hmm. said, be like the NFL, America. Who would ever thunk it, Mike, that the NFL is the voice of reason? Who would ever thunk it? It goes to show you, you ask, you persuade, you beg, you beg, whatever it takes, and then you make it a little inconvenient to not be vaccinated. You say, you can't have lunch with your guys anymore. You're in a different line going up to talk to the coach. You have to wear this mask instead of that mask, whatever. All that stuff works. I think we're seeing some of that stuff start to happen with the rest of America right now. But what I do find funny is the NFL's at 90%, but I guarantee if you're on Twitter, all you're hearing about is the 10%. All you're hearing about is Kirk Cousins and Cole Beasley and Lamar Jackson. Hey, you know what? The Loudmouths get all the attention. If you get 90% vaccinated across this country, across this world, we've solved the major problem, and I hope we aim in that direction. You know, Mike, and I don't want to get – I'm not going to get preachy with people tuning in. For the record, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am double-vaxxed. But Good. I'm thinking if I'm an athlete, wouldn't you want to be protected? It's like saying, well, <laughs> would you not want to wear a helmet? Like, imagine, let's like, all right, man, there's a disease out there that could, like, I don't know, I won't get paid, could kind of ruin my career, and yeah. I could die, and my parents could die, but I'm going to look more into it. No, like, yeah. like playing without it, like, I don't know, it's like if you're a cop, you have a bulletproof vest to protect you. You use a condom to protect you. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't get the logic of not wanting to protect yourself. That's my only deal, Mike, that I don't get with these guys. Yeah, and I get it, too, and I don't get it. These guys get shot up full of, like, Toradol and 27 other uh, uh, things to be able to play. They, they ingest all these protein powders, and then they look on the side of it, and there's, like, 30 steroids in it. Oh, I didn't know. Why did I get suspended? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
<laughs> now the CDC, World Health Organization, every doctor in the world is saying, take this, gosh, golly, gee, I don't know. I don't want to speculate about what's about. I think there's a lot of things going on culturally that impact that. The bottom line is, again, we can start listing the guys at 90%, 95%. We list the guys that are like very like talkative about this. We've listed just about all the guys. Everybody else is like, yeah, I need this. It's good for my family. It's good for my job. My coach wants me to do it. I'm doing it. That's that, that to me, that's the one thing, too. It's the lack of respect for the coaches. A guy like yeah. Coach Rivera, like if you're Rivera, how can you respect your players if they know they don't respect you, Mike? You know what I mean? Like, I, to me, it's just I agree. deeper in that, all right, I'm going to coach these guys, but I don't really care about them anymore. I'm not, like, he's just a player to me, as opposed to I care about this guy as an individual as a person. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, that and these guys are 25, 26, 27 years old, flying around the country, places with a lot of COVID, places with a little COVID, going home to families, going home to little kids. Little kids cannot be vaccinated. Children can catch this. So I, 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 you're not obeying your coach. You're not thinking of your family. You're, you're in this other bizarre world, you know, when you're making these decisions. And you look at these guys, they, they consider themselves leaders. They consider themselves, you know, great individuals in society. Kirk Cousins has a high opinion of himself uh, in terms of, like, what he does uh, for society. I don't see it. I don't understand the disconnect. I'm hoping that we're really just, just eating away at it, eating away at it. So there's a few rabble-rousers, and the rest of us are doing what's best for society. Uh, Kirk Cousins, too, of all guys. The guy's been stealing money. You figure he'd be like, all right, whatever it takes, guys. I don't want to get whatever it takes, man. Hey. But no, 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 that's not the way it works. Hey, Mike, so let, let's talk a little football. And one thing, another thing that sort of surprises me, and people grow, people change. I wasn't a Baker Mayfield guy. You know, yeah. I, I sort of thought, ah, you know, not Johnny Manziel, but sort of Johnny 2.0, <laughs> all attitude. He's not so fast. You're not so good. You're nowhere near as good as you think you are. But mm. hey, it's been a few years. I see the maturity and the change as a person. Is he the best quarterback in the league? No. Uh, but I trust him. And I'm starting to buy into Cleveland uh, coming into the year. What's your take on the Browns and and the growth process? And is that st- is that st- is that was that the new coaching staff that got through to Baker? What's your opinion on Baker and, and the Browns this year? I think it's the new coaching staff to a degree. It was kind of romper room there early in his career, and we don't have that anymore. I mean, you remember he was he was getting into fights with Tony Grassi and Colin Coward. I mean, he's learned that you can't do that, which is all good. In terms of the Browns, you know, I am pretty high on Baker Mayfield. Couple outsiders forecasts are taking the Browns with a grain of salt. This was a team that was really good at the second half of last year, won a playoff game. Maybe a little overrated by, by Vegas, by the house, by some people who are just looking at the skill position players. So I, I think that they're going to be a good enough team. I think they're going to be in a wild card mix. So don't forget about the Baltimore Ravens still at the top of that division. And Football Outsider says don't forget about the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose defense is so good and have so many guys at wide receiver that Ben Roethlisberger is just out there throwing screen passes all day. They can still win 9-10 games and be the spoiler team in the AFC North. Let me ask you about that, Mike, because it's funny. This this division's interesting, and the Ravens are favorites to win the division, and the Browns, and then it's sort of like, oh yeah, and the Steelers. I don't know, like I don't know if I've ever seen a more disrespected 11 and 0 team. It's like guys, they weren't yeah. 0 and 11 last year at one point. Right. Like they were 11 and 0, and yes, the wheels fell off as the season went on. But you know they've got a chip on their shoulder, so. Are you buying? So you think is that sort of like a uh, a three team race? Like in your opinion, would it surprise you like if any team won type of thing, or do you have one team to beat out of Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh? 
Yeah, the Ravens are, uh, you know, ahead ahead or a foot ahead, whatever. But then it is kind of a three-team race once you put that aside. And yeah, you're right what you said about the Steelers. I, I will say they were like an overrated 11-0 team or they were like, yes. you, you know, overvalued 11 But But overvalued at 11-0 does not mean all in 11. That means they should have been, you know, 7-4 or whatever and still a strong team. And uh, again, you, you, there's a risk of just saying, well, Big Ben's washed up. That's the end of it. You can go out there with outstanding defense and a – sort of washed up quarterback and win a bunch of games. Peyton Manning and the Broncos did it in 2015 and won a Super Bowl. So I'm not going to take putting them that far out, but if you look at that team, the way it's designed, the way you've got all these guys like Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, all these guys who can get yak, catch and run opportunities. And then you put T.J. Watt and Hayward and those guys from the defense. They added Ingram uh, from, the, uh, from the Chargers to that defense, and this is a team that can win a bunch of games by you know, 17 to 13, 20 to 16 final scores and be right in the playoff hunt. You know, I guess I'm that guy because I'm a psychopath and I'm a better. But so I'm watching the preseason game with the Steelers and, you know, Mason Rudolph put it right on the money. Claypool <laughs> dropped it. Okay, he dropped it. Right. And I'm not even a Steeler fan, man. Like, I'm mad. I'm like, you know, <laughs> aren't you the dude that was running your mouth about how the Browns suck and are going to get killed mm-hmm. by the Chiefs next week? And Smith Schuster, oh, who are they? They got more talent on paper than you do, bro. But in all seriousness, Mike, draw passes are a problem for Steeler wide receivers. And it just sort of stuck out to me right away. Like, even first preseason game, kids dropping passes already again. Yeah, they've all been drinking from the same water fountain as Antonio Brown. I think they should have put yellow tape around that fountain. Because, yeah, Juju, he does run his mouth a little more. Then you'd like a guy, too. Chase Claypool's gotten into that habit. And when you talk about drops, Deontay Johnson, who's an unbelievably fast athlete, man, that ball bounces off of it. He's got hands, he's got hands like, like ankles. I mean, so, you know, but I don't know. It doesn't seem – that was a real problem last year. And, again, we saw it in a, in a game just a couple of days ago. It's not the kind of thing football outsiders research, the analytics. These guys hit the jugs machine. The guys who were able to catch the ball in college, you know, all those things, they tend to bounce back from year to year. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. If it's not a problem, it's one more reason to be, uh, to be uh, positive about the Steelers. Football Outsiders, Mike Denier, uh kicking with us on the late night anger management class. Football is here <laughs> preseason, uh, is uh, back full slate of games uh, this weekend. More on the other side. We'll hang around one more segment with Michael. We'll get him out of here. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're talking with the great Mike Kinnear. We're talking football. I've got football fever. So, uh, Mike, uh, I, I saw uh, reports that uh, Carson Wentz could be back. 
um, mm -hmm. sooner sooner rather than later. I don't even know if that's a good thing, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> for, I don't want to be a jerk, you know what I mean? But I don't know. What's, what's your opinion on Carson Wentz and the Colts and that division? Because, look, I put 500 bucks on Tennessee to win a division the other day. I already, I already liked them before this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe Easton's good, and there's kind of a window with Wentz. But are you buying or selling the Colts coming into the year? Well, uh, before the injury, uh, Football Outsiders said the bye-bye-bye on the Colts, and I was kind of skeptical because I'm based here in Philadelphia. And then we have the Wentz injury, and we all kind of put everything on hold for a little bit. And like you said, he's coming back sooner than expected, and you're probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking. We saw this in Philadelphia. He comes back sooner than expected. He's rusty. He's, he's pressing a little bit. Maybe he's not running at full speed. And then you either get another injury or you get that three or four game run where, you know, what's wrong with Carson Wentz? Is it the receivers? Is it the protection? Is it the scheme, et cetera, et cetera? And I'm kind of bracing for that to happen there. That said, they're better off with him than Jacob Eason, Sam Erlinger, and Brett Hundley, the other quarterbacks on the roster. So you, you want somebody who started and won some games in the NFL. I'm with you at this point. I think we can just erase the Texans from the conversation. Jaguars will be fun to watch, but kind of a mess as they try to rebuild around Urban Meyer. It's the Titans versus the Colts, and the Titans are set at quarterback, and they're set with their system there. I'm leaning for them to be the team that comes out on top in that division. What are you hearing as far as uh, the Jags are concerned? Um, you know, the players are buying in. I guess it's got that sort of college, you know, feel and sort of, hey, whoever the toughest guy. I think Urban Meyer would pick the team, Mike, if he could. He'd just have them fist fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Say, All right. You two fight. Winner stays, loser's cut, next next day, let's go. Or I picture Meyer like the XFL, Mike, just putting a ball in the middle of the field. It's like, well, whoever comes out <laughs> right. with it. Scramble. Whoever, yeah, yeah, whoever comes out, those are my guys. So, you know, but I think players kind of like that stuff, right? They kind of know where they stand. I know it's a little gimmicky, but yeah. you know, from what I hear, the Jag players, they don't have a problem with the practices, et cetera. They're liking it. And honestly... I think they got skill on the offense. They had skill on the offense last year. I think they're going to put some points up on the board. I'm going to be betting overs in their games. What's your opinion on the Jags? I need to see them before I start betting overs, but you're right because they have skill and they have a good offensive line. That got lost in the, in the shuffle that they got guys like Brandon Linder, uh, Cam Robinson on that line are pretty solid and can kind of keep the team competitive uh, as guys like Trevor Lawrence and ETN roll in. In terms of the other stuff, I'm in wait and see. You know, I've heard a couple of different things down there. It sounds like guys are buying in, but there's a lot of guys in Jacksonville who have no choice but to buy in because they're either rookies or veterans on their way out the door. Uh, you know, I, I get nervous when the college coach comes in and he's saying stuff that I've never heard an NFL coach say before. That none of the NFL guys think this way, but this college guy is going to teach us a thing or two. I was here in Philadelphia for Chip Kelly. I've heard every single story about Steve Spurrier in Washington that's ever been told. And it's like, and it's like that worries me because you want to be slightly different than the other coaches when you come in from college. You don't want to be totally different. Urban Meyer sounds like he's trying to do things his own way. And the NFL is going to teach him a lesson, not the other way around, if that's the case. What's your take on Joe Judge? Like, I've been speaking to people a lot. And, um, you know, about the Giants. We have a lot of, you know, Giant guys and New Yorkers, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sort of mixed. Some some guys I speak to think that, you know, he's just a Belichick wannabe and look at all the mm -hmm. guys that left camp. And other people think, no, you know what? The players are buying in and, you know, the, the culture is better than it was. <laughs> What's your opinion on Joe Judge and the Giants? Like, is it – is he just sort of like a mini dictator or like a blowhard? <laughs> Or do you think, no, no, there's a method to this? Do you like Joe Judge and with the direction the Giants are going in? 
Eh, you know what? It, all the players are buying in except for the ones who suddenly retired. <laughs> which is telling you something. Like four you know, of them. <laughs> yeah, which was like four of them and guys that the team was counting on and guys who'd been in like five different camps or different teams, et cetera. So, so yeah, I lean a little bit towards that dictatorial type of thing. And, and one thing I'll say about this, because I have heard guys say, hey, yeah, yeah we love him. The, yeah, this is positive. We like this. And I'll hear that from players. And there are guys who will say that about every coach. There are guys who love the NFL or love getting yelled at. <laughs> and they, you know, they would love being in the Army because they would love their sergeant. There are dudes like that, and that's fine, and, and they're going to speak up for their coach. I don't buy that guys loved doing push-ups and gassers in, like, 90-degree heat to the point where, like, offensive linemen look like they were ready to pass out on the field, and the media's watching the entire thing. I don't buy that that works for 23-year-old millionaires. I, I just don't see it. So I, I'm kind of pessimistic on the Giants. That said, I'm trying to keep an open mind because there are players who like them. And, yeah, for every guy who does that and it falls apart, there's a Tom Coughlin who, who does that and it ends up working. Uh, Mike Tanier with us for a couple of more moments. So you, you're in Philadelphia. There's a new coach. And, you know, I'm I'm interested. Listen, yeah. it's, it's a tough spot to be in, right? And Sirianni mm-hmm. came in here. And I don't know. I'm not going to say it was like Adam Gase press conferences. Right? <laughs> but it was a little deer in the headlights. So it was like, oh, God, this guy, well, wow. He's going into Philly. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be taking over. But how's the camping going from what you hear? How are the players responding to him? What's his style, et cetera? I don't know anything about it. What's his style of coaching like? He's up-tempo. He's in there constantly communicating with the players. He's in there on drills, talking constantly. I think he's made a very positive impression on the players. In, in terms of the way he do, handles himself on the field, where he's demanding without, you know, crazy drill sergeant stuff. That's good. In terms of Philadelphia here, where I'm based, both he and Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, are trying to prove they're not placeholders. Sirianni's got to prove that, like, oh, I'm not just a puppet because Howie Roseman, the GM, runs the team. Jalen Hurts is trying to prove I'm not here until we can work at Deshaun Watson trade out or we have two first-round picks and we'll move up next year, et cetera, et cetera. So, so far, so good in that respect. I don't think the Eagles are going to be very good, but the camp is tight. The atmosphere there is very positive. Guys really are buying into this. The veterans seem to be happy, and there's some of those veterans that were miserable at the end of the last year are kind of happy to be out there right now. Young players are giving it their all. So if you're trying to instill a culture, with a rebuilding team, I think this is how you do it, where you're demanding on the guys, but you're also out there running with them, and you're creating a situation where, hey, we're all in this together. You know, Jalen brought an interesting dynamic uh, to the field last year when he played, and I think, you know, people were just so frustrated with the on and off injuries that went, so it's like, oh, look at this guy, you know, like, yeah, it's somebody new, you know, new toy, so to speak, new car. How's he looking <laughs> in camp now? Like, what's your... Our, you know, what's the word? Is it like, oh, no, no, he looks really – because everybody sort of looks good, right, in camp. Yeah, supposed yeah. supposed to look good. But is it, nah, he's all right, or is it sort of, nah, you know, he's not – this isn't <laughs> our guy. What do, you, what do you feel about that? Because as you stated, no one really knows. It's like, yeah, are you the guy? I don't know. No one knows if he's the guy, right? Right, right. He's not putting up any of those, like, red flags. Like, I'll see it. Yeah, I watched Dwayne Haskins a couple of years ago. He was putting up red flags in terms of, like, well, what he was able to do and what he knew. There's nothing like that. So now he's shown enough, and it hasn't been phenomenal either. Part of the problem is there's not a lot of wide receivers right now. Guys have been hurt. Uh, Devontae Smith, the first-round pick, has been hurt, et cetera, et cetera. He's shown enough to say he deserves a chance to get out there in the preseason. 
And what I feel is he's shown enough that when he gets out there in the preseason, he'll show enough to say, I deserve a chance with this rebuilding team in this situation to start this season and move. So I haven't seen anything that blew me away. He doesn't look like he, you know, Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. He doesn't look like Tim Tebow either. He looks like somebody who can get the job done. Now we need to take the next step and see what it looks like on the field. Uh, we got like two, three minutes here. We'll get you out of here. And I really appreciate your time, Mike. Uh, I was talking about um, – I'm not buying it. Like, you know, it always bothers me, and I'm sure you've, you've seen it. You know, the mainstream media, like, preseason predictions. It's always the mm-hmm. damn standings from the year before. And yeah. Like, what? You guys don't think anything's going to be different in a league that goes worse <laughs> than first, like, 15 in the last 17 years. And I'm saying, right. well, Super Bowl, probably a Super Bowl rematch from last year. And I'm like, yeah. it, pro- it probably is not a Super Bowl rematch. <laughs> At least that's the way I look at it. I'm a betting man. And, I, you know, I get it. Tampa have 22 guys back. Okay. So, long story, yeah. I guess the best way to put it. I don't think Tampa are going back to the Super Bowl. I'm kicking the tires and I'm buying in San Francisco and Green Bay okay. out of the okay. NFC. What's your take on Tampa? Are they, the, you know, are you, no, no, Tampa's going to go back and Brady's going to terrorize us all again. What, what's your take on Tampa? And what do you think about my San Francisco and Green Bay takes to come out of the conference? All right, first, Tampa, we have the highest projection in the NFC for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in part because they have the easiest schedule coming up. Because when Tom Brady goes to the AFC North, uh, South, they import, oh, like, God. Sam Darnold. They import Sam Darnold to come over with him so he has some easy games, some easy wins. And Drew Brees retires, and they don't get a replacement. They go out there with Taysom and Jameis. Uh, and the whole thing with the Buccaneers is... Yeah, and the Falcons are rebuilding, but they still have 87-year-old Oak Tree at the quarterback. So, so like... You know, we got to look at the same thing with the Buccaneers and say, yeah, there's a 44-year-old quarterback and a lot of 30-something-year-old guys on that uh, on, on that starting lineup. And if they have some injuries, they could fall apart. Until that happens, they're the team to beat. Packers are the number two pr- prediction in the uh, in the NFC. We're past the Aaron Rodgers threshold in terms of worried about that nonsense. So he, they're probably going to be right there in the mix. We have a bounce-back year at Football Outsiders for the San Francisco 49ers. For the reasons you suggest or what you're thinking, everybody's going to get healthy. If they have better health luck, they go right back to being a team that was in the NFC, uh, was the NFC representative in the Super Bowl with a caretaker quarterback. So whether Garoppolo kind of bounces back a little or Trey Lance just wipes him away and takes the job, the 49ers are a team, tough division, but a team that can be in there in that 9-10-11 win range. One other team that's on the list for football outsiders is the Dallas Cowboys because you've got a weak division and you have Dak Prescott coming back. It's not rocket science to say even with Dak back, those receivers, that offensive line, even if the defense still kind of stinks, they're going to win a lot of games by scores like 38 to 31, 34 to 30. Uh, Mike will get you out of here, but I'm just, I got a smile on my face because what you said, I can't believe it. It's true. Like Tom Brady. I <laughs> know. So yeah, here's Sam Darnold, uh, Panthers rebuilding <laughs> new coach. Yeah, Drew Brees right. retires. Uh, Mike right. Thomas is angry and they're falling apart. Everybody's hurt. Oh, yeah. No, the Falcons <laughs> traded Julio Jones and they're rebuilding too. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and he's going to, you know, like, God, the guy's a genius. Like, that's just caught up for what it is. Tom Brady. May the road rise up to meet you when you're Tom Brady. The road rises up to meet you. Oh, God. Hey, Mike, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. You got it. Take care of Justin Football this week, guys. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners, and I know the winners. So call me now. Whoa! $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. Line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my campaign mm-hmm. versus sin. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati. Not Cincinnati. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? Fight Night Angle Match Rick Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moretti. Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM Radio affiliates. Thanks to Mike Tanier, Ian Cameron, and the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart for joining us on the program. A lot of football talk uh, tonight. A lot of football talk. Football's here. We've got a couple of preseason games tomorrow. Tune in to Game Time Decisions at 6 o'clock Eastern tomorrow on these same networks. And then we're going to break down the games. Um, so I put, in, I put in a play last night. I put in a play last night after the show on the Miami Hurricanes under 9.5. We talked about it a little bit on Game Time Decisions, and we briefly brought it up tonight. But you look at the Miami Hurricanes schedule, and it's not easy. All right, they've got a very, very difficult, um, they've got a hard schedule. Like, basically, so look, they, they, the bowl games uh, don't count and, and all that, right? It's regular season, the conference championship games. It's a regular season. So 12 games in a regular season, college football. Um, 12, uh, 12 games. So basically, for me to lose this bet, the Miami Hurricanes have to go 10-2. and two. They've got to go 10-2. and two. And they're opening up the season with Alabama. All right, so they open up with Bama. They're not going to beat Alabama. Can they cover? Maybe. I mean, can they hang around? Maybe. I don't think they're going to win against Alabama. Nick Saban, and it happens all the time where you're like, oh, wow, man, they lost a lot of guys. And, you know, know, and we know they don't rebuild, they reload uh, in Tuscaloosa. But the fact is, Saban and Alabama, they murder teams in these opening games all the time. I know as a Michigan Wolverine fan, I remember we got eaten alive by these guys. Bernard Robinson threw like four interceptions or something, <laughs> right? So, you know, so I, basically you take the Miami Hurricanes, they got to go 10-2. and two. I saw and I looked it up to confirm. In the last 17 years, the Miami Hurricanes have won 10 games once. In the last 17 years. And I get it. There's a lot of enthusiasm around the program with the Eric King back and the offense, this and all that. I get it. And the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes aren't back yet. And people say, oh, the U is back. The U is not back yet. The U will be back when they win a title. Uh, but I don't know if they can. Like, they, they recruit well. 
And, you know, people will talk about the Eric King coming back. You know what? Like, look, they lost a lot of talent on the defensive line. All right, Russo's on the Bills now. Um, you know, I know he's not the only one. Now, he took the year off, but the, all the depth that they had over the last couple of years, it's not, you know, they got younger guys now on the line. They don't have as much experience now uh, on the line. And so, basically, they lose to Alabama. They have 11 games left. They got to go 10-1. and one. They got to go 10-1. and one. They go 9-2 and two in the next 11 games, I win the bet. I feel pretty good about this bet. That's why I played it, right? I love the fact that they play Alabama. Now, for the record, they dodge Clemson. They do not play Clemson. That's why I think it's 9.5. But listen, man, App State or no joke? App State or no joke? Like Alabama play uh, Miami, Florida, and Bama. It's on a neutral field. And then App State go to Miami the following week. And then the next week, Michigan State are at Miami. Michigan State could beat Miami. Michigan State could, could beat them. And then they would have to run the table. They've got a difficult schedule, Miami. It's not easy. I think Miami end up, I think they're a good team. I think they're a 9-3 and three team. I think they're a 9-3 and three team, and I think, you know, they shouldn't be playing Alabama, to be honest. They could be a 10-2 team, but, you know, I get it. They want to, they want to be, you know, a big-time program. They want to play big-time teams. But, look, Alabama is going to beat them. App State at Miami, Florida. That could be a contest. Like, yeah, Miami should beat them, but App State could be in that game. Michigan State. Michigan State are a physical team, and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're not going to suck forever. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, Michigan State could beat Miami and Miami in week uh, week three. Then they play Central Connecticut State, who I've never even heard of before. Um, <laughs> they're gonna, so that game shouldn't count, man, for your win total, but it will. But then Virginia go to Miami. This is and this this is the tough stretch for them. They're, dude, I love this bet. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna double click this thing actually. I'm gonna put more on it. Dude, they play against Alabama and after. Listen to this stretch that they play from the end of September. So Virginia at Miami, Miami, Florida at uh, UNC. Tar Heels are damn good in the games in Chapel Hill. NC State at Miami, Florida. The Wolfpack are good, and then Miami, Florida at Pittsburgh. All right, and then Georgia Tech at Miami, Florida, and then Miami at Florida State. And then Virginia Tech at Miami. Come on. They're just going to be knocking these guys out, like, one by one? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No way. Love it, love it. So that's a, that's a college player pick. That's our first college total that we clicked. We have... We have about six or seven or eight to ten, probably, to be honest. The, the list is expanding. The list is expanding as far as some college football uh, win totals. Overs and unders, both looking at both. I talked about Alabama and, and betting their under because they just have to lose one game, but I don't want to do it. It's You know what? I don't think it's crazy, but at the same point in time, I, you know, you, the, the budget is limited in the sense how many, you know, how many futures I'm going to put in. And I'm going for the ones that I'm like, yeah, this is a, you know, nothing's a stone cold Steve Austin lock, right? 
nothing's a lock, but I'm looking for what I think are like the most solid. Yeah, yeah, that's like really, I like this. And Bama, like I said, Bama's win total is 11 and a half. So you're basically betting that they got to go run the table if you bet they're over. They got to be perfect, which Bama aren't always perfect. All right. In fact, like they, they've only been perfect. I think it was it four times in the last 12 years. Like they're not like Alabama win the title all the time, but they don't run the table all the time. But I'm not going to do it. But with Ohio State, I am. With, with, with Ohio State, I am. But I'm, I'm sold on this Miami hurricane uh, total. I am. So if you're just joining us right now, I put, uh, put a play in the Miami Hurricanes, college football, Miami Hurricanes, under nine and a half wins. And we just explained why this schedule, that's a killer schedule. Like that run, like that, that run there from like Virginia or no pushover. They're going to UNC is going to be tough. They UNC have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. NC State are good and loaded with returning talent. The Pittsburgh Panthers are good, and the Panthers are always like good for knocking off a visiting team to go in there. That's Halloween weekend. Uh, Georgia Tech are improving. Florida State might not be the same Florida State Seminoles, but. It's still a rivalry game. It's no joke for Miami. Virginia Tech are good. And then Miami, even I got to go to Duke in the last game of the year. It's a 9-3 and three team. Hell, they might be 8-4. and four. They, 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 they might be 8-4 and four when it's all said and done. So back, uh, let, let's look at the baseball uh, numbers here. We've had some fun and some, well, I don't know if we've had success yet. But I tell you, we played the market. If you, you're joining us, not only... It's a classic comedy. It was great stuff tonight with Cam and Babano. But, you know, we did, you know, we gave you the Phillies a plus 390. We gave you the Braves a plus 340. And look how that's worked out as far as what the odds are concerned now. And, you know, you can buy back. There's a lot of, you know, there's different, um, there's a lot of different ways you can approach this now. So let's, I want to take a look at the standings because I tell you what, these baseball standings are really evolving. And, and these games start to count now. All right, these games count. Like every like sort of blown loss, it's like, man, we just blew a chance to pick up a game. It's not easy to gain ground. Like, you know, people say, oh, look, there's 45 games left or whatever. Don't worry about it. It's like, yeah, but what do you think? Do you think these guys, do you think our opponents are all just going to lose every night? Right? Like, you know, it's, it's hard to gain ground. Like if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, now's the time. Like, you've got to start, like, the Dodgers need to string together, like, 13 out of 15 type of thing if they're going to win the division. And I don't know if they are. Like, I, I don't know if they are. Now, we took the Oakland Athletics at plus 460 just because they're lingering. And what I like about this is, yeah, yeah, whatever, Houston's winning. Houston's winning, but Houston's playing Colorado in Houston. Oakland's winning and keeping pace right now by winning on the road in the Midwest in Cleveland. And eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to balance out and then Oakland will play some crappy teams. So Oakland are two games out right now. And we grabbed them at plus 460. Oakland have now won six straight baseball games. Play on team right now, the Oakland Athletics. The big shuffle, which is amazing, is, is the National League East. In which the Braves, the Braves now are actually in first place. They're tied for first place. The Braves and the Phillies are both 59 and 55. The Mets are 57 and 55. The Mets are only one game out. 
right? And it's funny because it almost has that feeling like the Mets are like 11 games out, not one game out. But the Mets sort of are in a free fall right now, as we know. Three and seven in their last ten. Three and seven in their last ten. And, uh, you know, Philadelphia was smoking hot, but Philadelphia's running to the Dodgers. And Philadelphia played the Dodgers and the Giants a lot in the next, like, ten days. So it's no party for Philadelphia. Atlanta are sort of that play on team. They're the it kids right now, Atlanta. And I'm glad I grabbed Philly, but I'm glad after. I was like, you know what? I don't fully trust Philly to win this division. Got to take a piece of the Atlanta Braves. So the updated numbers right now, as we stated, the Phillies and the Braves are tied for first place. The Phillies are plus 120 to win a division. The Braves are plus 140 to win a division. And the Mets are only one game out now. But they're plus 290. They're plus 290 if you think the Mets have a run left in them. And there is, listen, it's going to go back and forth, right? Like, you know, we talked about it. We knew that um, that Philadelphia wasn't going to win. If you heard me say a bunch of times, they're not going to win at 80% of their time. The clip, guys, like, it's impossible in baseball. They just sort of had a nice little run. And they're good. They're not going to, you know, fade. But, you know, this, this is going to be a good, this is going to be an interesting chase I guess we've sort of lost the value with the buyback. We just got to kick back and watch it. I also have Wheeler to win uh, the Cy Young at plus 300. As far as the West is concerned, they don't move the number much, right? The Los Angeles Dodgers are minus 165. San Francisco's plus 125. But days pass, weeks pass. Dodge still favorites, favorites, but we're running out of racetrack. Right? Like, they, you know, it's not going to be easy to just make up four games. They only play each other three more times as well. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. So, you know, you guys uh, know, and shout out to uh, shout out to our crew in Michigan uh, tuning in uh, right now. As um, Sko in Michigan says, that's right, it's our nightly future prospecting. And we talk about it every night. We try to have a new one and give you a new future moving forward. We're going to recap all our future portfolio before the football season really kicks off. But 
the thing is, you can't just put all these bets in at once, right? When they say, oh, yeah, I'm going to bet 23 futures at once. So, you know, we got to start now. So tonight, tonight's uh, team of the night and play of the night, the word of the day, kids, was Miami. The Miami Hurricanes. Miami, Florida. All right, Miami, Florida, the Miami Hurricane football team under nine and a half wins. Teddy Covers will join us tomorrow. We've got Jeff Reinbold kicking it with us tomorrow. A lot of football talk uh, on the show uh, tomorrow night. And you know what? FanDuel, very interesting. FanDuel is really starting to expand uh, the win totals. You know, they had, you know, they had about 20, 30, 40 teams up. They had the big-time teams and a couple of, you know, a couple other teams. But they've really, they're now FanDuel on a daily basis starting to, you know, I see like they got UTEP now and UABs of the world, et cetera. SMU to the over is interesting. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we got, we're getting, well, you know, obviously we're out of time here tonight. And Sko's asking about the Michigan Wolverines, my Michigan Wolverines. We haven't really dug in and talked a lot of Michigan football yet. You know, we will. Uh, we'll do a preview, Big Ten preview and Michigan preview. The Michigan win total is seven and a half. Seven and a half, which means, you know, they got to go eight and four. I hate to say it, but it's asking a lot, isn't it, if it's this program at this time? It's like, wow, really? All right, we got to go eight and four. I do think Michigan can get there. Is it a best bet? No. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in. We'll start, you know what, tomorrow, Mr. Michigan Wolverine himself, Teddy Covers. He went there, but he hates them. (laughs) Other than that, you're on your own. Later.